Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big Leap Performance and Rehab. At Big Leap Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeapPerformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Move the District. We are up to episode 45. I can't believe we are at 45 episodes of this show. Uh, it, was just, it was just yesterday. Quarantine was starting. We were just locking down, shutting ourselves up at home. And I was like, I need to talk to somebody. And I realized I could just talk to myself. And then I realized it was better to talk to actual people. So here we are, episode 45 of Move the District. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Yassen. Uh, today, our guest, she is the head of onboarding and an instructor at Spark by Gabby, as well as Outfit DC. And she has her own podcast dropping next week uh, called Relationship. Uh, please welcome to the show, Emma Gaquin. Emma, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike, for having me. I'm excited yeah, to I, chat with you. I'm, I'm excited to have you on here as well as I think you're probably the first person who also has their own their, their own podcast, or the second person, I think. So um, I'm, I'm excited to uh, hear about your podcast and the, uh, the trials and tribulations of uh, getting it off the ground and uh, getting content and, and all the other fun stuff that goes All the things. It. Yeah, the pandemic podcasting movement. It's definitely you, it's massive. You, you took it off. Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's, it's right. You're right. You're like, I'm, I'm talking to myself a lot. Uh, let's put it on the air. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just like in my room talking to myself and my girlfriend's like, what are you what are you doing? And, and, and I'm just like, I'm just just talking. I just have to talk. And, and, you know, we can only talk to each other so much before we run out of things to say. And then, uh, exactly. and then I was like, all right, I need to, I need to, I need to do something. And, uh, and so the podcast was away and it's funny. Cause like someone probably like a week ago was like, you know, I'm interested in starting my podcast, but I just feel like the market's so, you know, congested right now. There's so many podcasts out there. And I was like, I felt the same way a year ago, but guess what? <laughs> Here I am. Did it anyway. If you put something out there, like people are gonna like, someone will listen to it. Maybe it's only one follower or two, two people, but someone will listen to it. Someone will listen to it. And in general, like I find myself going through phases with podcast listening. Um, one, like I'll go through big phases of listening to podcasts all the time. Like it's just what will be in my ears when I'm working or working out or going on walks, what have you. But then also just the types of podcasts I'll listen to. I'll listen to one religiously. Uh, or I'll find a new podcast and like listen to the entire season and two days um, and be bummed that I have to wait an entire week for the next episode. So I do think that having we're creatures that love content. We want new yes. content. 
So we always need more, 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 more. More, and, more, more. Bring and even on. when you're like, well, I don't have anything interesting to say, someone probably will find it interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm putting it like, if our friends think we're boring, this is we're going out there and we're <laughs> finding strangers to listen to. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll find someone to listen to it. You know, someone other than like my mom and dad. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So let's, let's get into it here a little bit. Let's talk about your, your journey with fitness. When did you first, Mm -hmm. you know, decide, when did you first get into, you know, group fitness and all this stuff you're doing now? Well, group fitness started, I I guess it goes all the way back. I was, um, a, a child, a baby. Um, and my, we were at mommy and me swim classes and, um, I was wow, super, really going I was back. Like a, you weren't kidding. Yeah, we were going way back. I've been an athlete. I um and I I, I could float because I was just like I've always been super buoyant. And the the people who were doing mommy and me swim lessons, I was just really chubby. Um, and I'm just I'm just buoyant. And they were like, buoyant. she's a, a miracle baby. Yeah. And my mom was like, no, she's just super chubby. Uh, but like they tried to sign me up for swimming laps at two years old. And I was like, no, we're going to wait a few years. You were and a prodigy. Did, you were a prodigy like, at like nine months old. Prodigy child. I did start swim, like swim team, summer swim team, and then jumped into a pretty exclusive swim career um, when I was like five or six. Um, I did try other sports, hand-eye coordination, not my thing. Um, so I pretty much jumped into this swimming only right away um and I am I actually really struggled to identify myself as an athlete or like label myself as an athlete even though very early on I was going to practice Mm -hmm. um like at least three times a week as a you know seven eight year old and then all of a sudden it was hey she's doing really well she should go five times a week hey she's making age group cuts she's you know doing x um, and I, I'm a, you know, in the tall end of, of humans, um, like five ten. The tall um, end of humans. Yes. The tall end of human or tall end for, for a woman. And, um, I, but I've been this size since this height rather since I was like in eighth grade, that's where I peaked. So like by when I was in eighth grade and I was swimming, I was like, yeah, was, that was good. For, for, for So you were five ten all through like junior high school. Yeah. Well, like all the boys were like five, three still. Yes. Yes. But I was at the, but it was at, especially in terms of like swimming and swim meets, like my mom would be on deck timing and I would get up to the blocks and I guess she would like, she could hear parents being like, they lied about that kid's age. So that's what they were saying to you. Wow. My mom's like, no, we don't, we don't care. She really is 14 oh my God, years that's- old. I'm not lying. That's like in uh, the movie uh, Benchwarmers where, where the guy is on the little league team and he, he's like, obviously like 40 years old and he holds up his birth certificate and like crayon writing and says, I am 12. Yeah. That was pretty much you basically. Yeah. Just towering really... above all these other like four foot eight girls who right. still hadn't grown yet. Love it. So yeah, that was like where I got started with just moving in general. I swam every day and then by you know, late middle school, early high school, I'm going to, I'm going to doubles. Like I'm fully just in it without really realizing. Why, um, why did you think you struggled to identify as an athlete? I think the lack of everyone else around me was doing sports. Like swimming wasn't considered a sport. It was like, Oh, she's a swimmer. 
but because I couldn't do basketball, like also I'm super tall girl and basketball was huge in my town. And it was like, she can't play basketball. Very not an athlete, not an athlete. A one, one tip off. Right. So it's like not an athlete. Um, I, I, I felt like, like the same way with baseball. People were like, oh, he's a baseball player, not an athlete. I was like, no, I'm an athlete. What? Yeah. Right. Um, and it's like, you're dedicating your time to this one. I guess for me, an athlete was at that time with someone who could either do it all those kids who had would just do all the sports um, or could run like running was super huge across country running and track was huge in my town. And I could, would get gas after a block, but it, I could. It's funny how like certain sports get like athlete sports and other sports are just mm-hmm. kind of like kicked aside. Like my, I'll tell you my, I talked about this. I've talked about this on the podcast before. She doesn't really listen, but my sister, I love her, love her to death but she tried every sport and just couldn't figure it out. Softball, basketball, soccer, volleyball, gymnastic. I mean, you named it, she tried it, just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But then stuck a golf club in her hand and she was hitting the yeah. crap out of the ball. So, and she ended up for being the least athletic person that I know, she still got a division one scholarship. So you know what, who's, who's the athlete in the family? Her. Right. And it's the dedication that you put behind whatever like sport that it is. I think that there's for sure. So it took me so long to be like, you're even into, I got to a place high school where people were saying not, not my parents because they hadn't been athlete. They were not athletic people or they didn't know that they were kind of like raising this athletic kid where She's going to be able to go to college for swimming, like what students swim in college if she wants to. Yep. Um, and so that was definitely something strange to navigate, but I was also, I wasn't going to go to school just for swimming. I like wanted to go to a school where I was going to have a well-rounded experience. Um, and I did, I ended up um, going to a division one school. Um, and you went to GW, again, right? I went to GW um, and it, that's still kind of, like a while i was like i had a, a d1 swim program um oh, oh yeah no biggie pretty cool just, just a d1 no athlete just a d1 athlete um 20 hours a week grinded it out full-time um, job yeah full-time full-time job uh on top of school and everything and i think that, like that's absolutely where, where it was like when swimming ended um i just missed the camaraderie of a team in a way that I didn't think that I would because swimming was so independent and found my way to group fitness classes within the district right away. And immediately, like, I just don't half-ass things. I guess, like, I just go all in. So I was, like, signed up for teacher training at Core Power, um, was working the front desk at Flywheel, and they were like, hey, you used to – you were a college athlete. You are already involved in the community here. Like, can you come addition to teach? And then it all just snowballed right at once. And that was, and that was history. That was the impetus. Yep. There wow. Was. Um, how, how did uh, being a college athlete, how did that help you with that transition into becoming a group fitness instructor? Um, I, th- I think in some way it's helped and it's also um, been like, there's a difficult like mentality shift because um, so helped basically the training or like teaching a million classes a week that's something that has never been exhausting for me to like switch to just already was part of my routine I just traded out going to practice for like going to teach classes um 
and I know that some people like when we were going through training and you have to go to whatever two hours of cycling on the bike they're like oh my god I'm gonna I was just like I'm good um I'm solid fine um I think in terms of motivation and figuring mm-hmm. out what motivates the general public or people generally the population who might go to a boutique fitness class, it can be all over the place. Everyone loves them. They're for everyone, but a, a large portion of the um, people that come to a boutique class um, don't love or wouldn't want to work out on their own, which is why they're coming to a class. So they need that motivation right. for me as a, athlete my whole life who I was a distance swimmer too. So like my thing was the mile I jump in the pool and I just go, um, kind of just, just go this for intrinsic, a mile. Yeah. This intrinsic motivation. Um, and I, I could just do a cycling class on my own. Um, right. and that's really frustrating for uh, people who don't like working out to here, but it's just like, that's where I get my energy is from just moving my body. So figuring out what works for different people in terms of motivation, a lot of times when people would come to my class, they would be like, you got some of my feedback at the beginning was like, you got to amp your energy up. And I will never be like rah, rah, like dancing instructor, which is why I love that there's so many different types of instructors. Yeah. But for me, like tailoring my language to the, the room and seeing like what gets people to, to work harder or faster, that was, um, almost a challenge coming out of being an athlete and just being like, just do it. Just you showed up to work out, work out. You know, it was, um, it, it's funny you say that because you're going to laugh at this because because I, I did your class at flywheel probably like, mm-hmm. that was probably like two years ago now, maybe I don't yeah. remember when it was, but you said in that class, I literally remember what you said in that class where you said, uh, put some faith in your body. And I fucking ate that up. I love that. <laughs> I thought that was great. And I, I use it with patients. I use it with patients. I mm-hmm. say, put some faith in your body. Cause I'm like, cause it's true, you know? And, and it like, it fired me up and, and it fires my, uh, my patients up. Cause it's something that like, it, it resonates with people where it's like, yeah. Like people are always so, you know, scared to bend over cause they're afraid they're gonna hurt their back or afraid to use their shoulder, whatever it might be. It's like, mm-hmm. guess what? You know, each vertebrae in your back has uh, six joints on it. You were made to move, put some faith in your, in your back. So, uh, you know, just a little, you know, a little something there from, uh, I love that. That means from, like, thank you. That's so from, sweet. From the vault. Um, from the vault. yeah. Right. But- yeah. The, and like that type of motivation works better for me. And also it's like, I'm not going to say something to the class, um, that doesn't work. That doesn't motivate me either. Like I'm not going to be inauthentic in that way. Um, but it was interesting trying to find like language that works for people. And what did you, yeah. what did you do or how did you develop that language? What, what were some of the things you, you read or you studied or, or listened or whatever? I don't know. Um, one, just peer feedback is always super useful. So well, if you have a instructor that you go to on a regular basis, talk to them. They love feedback. And if they don't, they're in the wrong field. Um, should be receptive to feedback. You can always ask someone. Hey, are you okay getting feedback today? Especially if it's more constructive um, to make sure they're in the right space for for it. But I love when writers are like, hey, um, I love when you do X or that didn't quite work for me. Um, but also from, from my peers, like my friends, 
uh, or fellow instructors who have taken my class. That's something that Gabby and I are super uh, interested in working on at Spark together is like this structure of feedback and growth and continuous learning to just better yourself for your clients. Um, but then also filming yourself and like having to watch yourself back teaching. It's the same as any other like presentation skill. How do you get better at public speaking? Cringy, but you have to watch yourself. Oh, it's the worst, the worst, the absolute worst. Well, I, we're probably going to get into like the podcast stuff in a little bit. Well, listening like, to yourself, listening to your voice. I promise you right now, 45 episodes in, it doesn't get any better. It, it, <laughs> it does tell. not get any better. It is literally yes. the worst thing in the world. Every week I have to listen to myself talk to somebody who has a normal voice and my voice is the absolute worst voice that was ever created. <laughs> we so, have seven episodes recorded and like every time going back and listening, I'm just like, Oh no. It's just, it's you're so just like painful. sitting there and you just kind of like, just like my body just like tenses up and I'm like squeezing like every mm-hmm. month. It's like, Oh Mike, do you really sound like that? And then like, yeah, maybe, maybe you should talk a little deeper, Mike. <laughs> maybe you should talk a little higher, Mike. And like, you're like, you just don't know. Like, like, you're like, that's just my voice though. That's what I was born with. And then you're like, just going to keep going yeah. on to the, on to the next week. Yep. You're just like, this is what it is. But for adjusting, like if you take it and you're, you're cause a piece of feedback that you get from a, a peer or someone who's coming to your class, it's usually um, like one or two things. And, um, but generally, like if I were to watch or listen to myself, teach a class, um, I can come up with a million things. And it, it's really, you get into this cycle of how to, how to prioritize. So I'll generally pick one thing to be like, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm going to cut this word out of my vocabulary when I teach, or um, I'm going to work on calling people out by their name. Um you know, more and, and get to know my community. So you just take it piece piece by piece um, rather than talk, try to tackle everything at once. And I think um, it leads to success. Like over time, especially it, it's harder trying to figure it out in the virtual space. Versus, I definitely had a lot more, you know, we're one year into this teaching virtually thing and there's, I've gotten some learnings from it. Again, like I'm, I'm trying to tackle it with Gabby um, or with, um, Karen, Justin over at Outfit um, and kind of doing what they're doing. There's a lot of like, we're one year into these pandemic projects that have have turned into um, like real life things that have have staying power. But as for like studio classes, there was certain cycles that worked with feedback that led to tangible results in terms of like personal growth, but then growth in your classes. Um, You saw the same people start to show up you saw like new riders or new, you know, participants, clients start to walk in. Um, and that's cool. Like when you're doing something, you want to see growth and you want to see people um, come to your classes and, and whatever, not get injured or recover from an injury or get stronger. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You always want to see growth improvement. Would you, how much of there is like with other instructors, like, Hey, what do you think of this? Have you tried this before? Do you guys do that? Or is it kind of like you're on your own? I think it depends on the studio that you're at and, and kind of the community, the, what you put into the community that you're in. Um, I've been extremely lucky with the community that I've built, like the longer that you're in it. Um, DC is, you know, I can only speak to really DC and a little bit Boston. Cause I, I've been there and, um, 
I find that the those markets like they're phenomenal and extremely supportive. If you reach out to someone, they're great. They'll get back to you um, and want to help you out. Um, it's what's tough being instructor and getting peer feedback. Everyone's, especially in DC, everyone's doing a million things. Like yeah. all of our friends think about like the people we know. They're like might have a full-time job and doing fitness on the side and have a podcast and like be what like have another side hustle like running an Airbnb. Who yeah everyone's knows? just burning the candle on both ends here in DC. yeah exactly yeah. like I, and they're like i'm like what are you doing with all this who knows but um if you i think the structure for some of some studios or companies that i've worked for have a very set structure for feedback from a management level down others not so much the like individual peer feedback, that's something that you have to personally, I, the best instructors I know, they are able to one, like acknowledge and work on their teaching themselves, but then also go to their peers and learn from their peers. You're like, Oh, that's awesome. Jason does something like when he teaches his class, I love the way he does this. I'm going to try to implement that kind of in my own way. Cause it also has to be unique. Right. Um, or, Hey, like Karen, can you come watch this class? And, but then you're asking for their time. And a lot of us <laughs> that, don't have um, the time and their energy to make it to worth, come, like, gotta make it worth their time then too. Right. I'm like, like, can you come sweat for the full time today? And then also give me feedback. Right. Um, it's one of those things with trade off. Like, it's like one of those things with like, yeah, mentorship where you're like, Hey, I want you to be my mentor. And you're like, this is great for me because you're going to be my mentor. And then it's like, what does the mentor get out of, you know, mentoring you? And it's like, probably nothing. I think people like giving feeling like they've invested and helped. Like most people have that altruistic quality and, um, when you're working 60 hours a week, they're learning things. (laughs) When you're working 60 hours a week, um, when, when you were at flywheel, did they have like certain like things you had to say or do, I know like soul cycles are like very particular about their mannerisms and speech and everything. Um, the one thing, which is funny, having like flipped from uh, teaching at flywheel, we call it cycling. And then now with Gabby, like at spark, we call it spin. So that's like something that was like drilled into me forever. Oh. Cycling, indoor cycling, indoor cycling. Oh, wow. Um, and I never thought flipping. about that. Yeah, that's like the big. I'm like just trying to think. Like, would you auto, would you correct people if they said spin? You're like, uh, we're cycling. No, no, <laughs> I'm not like that. Like, if a if a client came up and they were like, "I love your spin class," I wasn't gonna be like, "Um, thank you, love my indoor cycling." No, um, thank you. Uh, with with flywheel, yeah, like you get you you get trained in the the method, right? You get trained, and there's certain words that you use like I couldn't jump on I went to a soul cycle class or a cycle bar class it's like I could kind of I went to one of those classes and then they're like jump on the bike and teach that method I could like fake it but I don't really know the intricacies of it right or like the all of the language and what exactly they're doing um you spend so much time like the amount that it goes into those like we all work super hard to understand not just like cycling and the beat and the athleticism behind it but like our each of our company's unique brand um and with flywheel it was more like hey we lead with metrics 
and athleticism. And there, while there wasn't, it's like, I'm not remember, there's not like strict language that we have to use, but it's kind of like, okay, think about that when you're leading your class, shape your language and the way that you communicate with your class around that. Right, right, right. Um, so. <laughs> gotcha. So last year, COVID hits, Flywheel mm-hmm. closes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right away, yeah. Were you, were you, uh, were you surprised? Um, I mean, like the whole world's ending. Um, I know. It was, again, I, so I am not a full-time instructor. Um, I have a more traditional, I'm not going to call it nine to five because I work at a startup. So it's, um, always, um, it's a job. (laughs) It's a job. I have a job and I've always taught fitness on the side. I, um, at the time last year I was teaching seven classes a week at flywheel. So I'm at the DuPont studio, you know, four times a week for my teaching. And then God knows how many other times, just because, um, I've been at the company for at least five years as on the recruiting team for them. So I, I spend a lot of time with, with that company and with the people there. Um, when it shut down, I knew that the studio was going to shut down along with everything else. I think that I knew enough and I knew how it was close enough to people on the, you know, business side that we weren't going to be able to come back quickly or like open up just in terms of where we were at. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have the ability to teach online classes, um, with, with the flywheel brand name. And that was like due to a lawsuit that had happened like in 2019 which I won't like delve into but we just weren't we weren't in the same space as other studios and knowing that definitely a bummer but more there was so much going on in the world and there was so much loss of routine of community I I really felt I had a lot of riders and people from there like reaching out at that time they're like this just sucks that we're losing this community like yeah for sure um and especially for so long I think for eight like at least six to eight months until we officially announced like we're we're done done flywheel's over forever yeah I had a lot of people reaching out thinking that it was going to come back and that was hard to balance like I I don't think we're coming it's not (laughs) and and I wasn't a hundred percent sure but just of kind of like gut feeling. I was like, I think, I think it's done. Um, But for me personally, like as an instructor level, I had been burning the candle. Um, There was no more wax on my candle. Like I was just straight up wick at that point. Uh, And it was probably for, for the best that I was just like, Oh, I can't get up and teach my 6am classes and then go to the office and then go teach another class and then like playlist and, and whatever. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to focus on my job, job and the like Instagram 
pop-up classes and like everyone trying to teach on zoom and figure out what was going on it was mayhem it, it was absolute chaos you log into chaos? instagram you log into instagram at any point in late march early may it was just a scroll of live classes it has been so fascinating and like i felt so for like my friends and coworkers who are full-time fitness and were like able to figure that out and you know gabby like immediately like figuring out spark like these the innovation that had to go in immediately people just like lost their full incomes and like source of of comforts like yeah for sure flywheel was a big um loss for me um both like a community sense and, and financially but sure. I was able to like take a step back and it wasn't like a complete knockout. Um, But, and I still had some private clients that I taught. So I didn't fully step back from teaching at any point. I had like two weeks off and then it was like back on and I had two classes a week, which was perfect. Were those personal, like were those like uh, spin personals? Yoga. So on the side, yeah, I would do yoga um, for, um, it's an office that I have, I've always, I've taught to them for the past, like four years, two times a week. Um, and like, that's just something that I, you know, they're like, honestly become just good friends of mine too. And mm-hmm. love doing that on the side. Um, and so I got them and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm getting some teaching in. I haven't lost it. I'll, I'll deal with still cycling. Still got it. I can still work on it. I will figure out this Zoom thing through like this channel, this people that I feel really comfortable with. I feel, I felt that I really needed to let my friends and people who are like full-time fitness figure out the like virtual thing before I jumped in. Right. Um, But then I like really started to miss spin and like like teaching Mm -hmm. and yeah. So I got connected to Outfit and Gabby happened around the same time. Um, one, Jason, um, who is, um, he works at F45, um, big, big name in the DC fitness scene. He connected the scene. me. The, the scene. scene. The fitness scene. Um, I do, it's just funny. It's like you've been in it, lo- like when you're in it long enough, and it's like, oh yeah. It, people. It's so funny. Uh, like I got, I think I, I, I blame Lululemon for that. Like getting introduced to like the DC fitness scene where it's like, she dates him and, and he used to date her and he works here now. Really? And it's like, and I was like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I was like, I was, I was like so overwhelmed. Like I went to like a Lululemon like holiday party and I was like so overwhelmed by like the drama of like the DC fitness scene that I didn't realize was an actual thing. And I was like, I was like, okay, I just, I'm a physical therapist. Just want to help you guys not be in pain anymore. Like, like whatever you guys need. Like what's going on. If you want to like talk shit, talk shit. Like, you know, people come in all the time within, you know, you have to use your, your therapy uh, side of, uh, of the physical therapy part. Yeah. You're going, I'm like physical, not. uh, Exactly. You You have to wear your therapy hat sometimes, but yeah, I was like, I like, I was like, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. All right. I didn't realize like people like, I thought you guys all just kind of like got along and we're all happy and go lucky. And then it oh, was no. like, oh. there's always, anytime you got a group of people that's like bigger than 10, it's gonna, I mean, you, you can start to have at the end of this podcast, like a little like drama, like the tea segment. 
Um, oh, that should be good. I could just, because I have like the, my little ending session. I guess be like, all right, Emma, drop the tea. Drop the tea. Um, oh. No, that's for my, my podcast. I already get my, like, my tea is not interesting. I'm like, I already dated someone within the DC fitness scene, broke up, but we've like told everyone all the tea. So it's like not interesting. Well, all right. So, all right. so your, your tea isn't, your tea is, is, is not. My tea is cold. My your tea's tea is cold. Is, um, I have cold tea. Cold. Yeah, ice I cold. have ice cold tea. Sorry. Everyone wanted to be way more but um oh man so so in that time where you weren't teaching what did you mm -hmm. learn about yourself oh great question um yeah I've always the thing is I think the detachment of identity so it's like when for like when I'm swimming in college um I got injured which you you'll not love but Physical I, think, I think I remember you telling me about this. It was your back, right? Yeah. So I did. Well, one, I went into uh, college and I had shoulder surgery right before I got in. Um, so I was like, boom, check, fix that. I'll be, I'll be good to go, which is not how that really works. My I shoulders. had my shoulder surgery too. I, it's, that's not how it goes. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it Everyone's doesn't. just like, oh, you just, you just sew it back together and you're fine. And you're good. And you can just go right back and just, you know, swimming 10 miles a day. Yep. Um, so went in, was dealing with that At sophomore year, like really hit my stride and finally started to like work my way back up, was crushing it. And then I got a stress fracture in my spine um, and what like had to deal with that for the remainder two years, remaining two years of, of my career, my quote unquote college swimming career. And um that really made me like, if I was going to have an identity crisis when I finished um, swimming or like with athletic, like athletics in general, that definitely helped. Me. Like I had to deal with it then. Um, and it made me just be like, you got to have other things. You have other things. I had other things going on in my life. I was a good student. I was involved with other things at, um, at school. It also made me realize like, I could still be involved with my team just in like a different way. It didn't have to always be like just an athletic contributor. I was a really big, I could be the biggest cheerleader. Um, I could help coordinate other ways. Um, I just was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that my GPA is up and that I am getting us the most community service hours ever. Oh. Um, <laughs> Things most college athletes don't think about. Like I was just like, boom, let's go. So Don't worry, guys, I got you on the community service, guys. We won community service, like team of the year, and like I won community service athlete of the year. Like, like boom, like my. And you got like a pizza party, was, probably right. You got probably got like some nice award for that. I have a I have a statue of the Washington Monument. I don't know that we got any like we got like all right. We have an award ceremony at, Ooh, sure, right. at the end of the year. It's very. It's called the Georgies. It's. Uh, quite it's a thing <laughs> of, of course of course uh, it is we get dressed up it's we have a buff carpet uh so I, that i i had done this kind of like untangle yourself from and it was very hard it was not like at the same time oh, I was going through it i was definitely like struggling um we talked about this mentally. um i think we talked about this we talked about the podcast recently the uh the 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 word narp non so we talked about it with gabby Athletic, regular person regular which, person I also enjoyed being a regular person in, in a way like it was kind of a nice like 
for me, who had always been the kid going, like having to leave and go to a swim meet or go to practice from every single event, it was nice to be like, I don't have to wake up. I mean, I did have to wake up and roll onto the pool deck the next morning, but I like didn't have to jump in the water. I just had to sit there yep. and watch yep. the I, team get their ass kicked. <laughs> I I know that feeling where it was. I think it was the the summer after my junior year was the first year I didn't play summer baseball. And and I realized like, oh wait, you can go to the beach. There's this thing called the beach you can go to and and hang out and hang out with your friends and and do all sorts of you know fun stupid shit and I was like oh wow I didn't do this my entire childhood you know it was like every I was just talking with a patient this morning about how like every Memorial Day weekend every July Fourth July Fourth was my birthday but I was I was at a baseball tournament every weekend growing up and then or not every weekend but every holiday those two holiday weekends every year growing up. And then, you know, you're playing double headers on the weekend. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I can have a life. <laughs> exactly. It's the concept. And I am always more productive the more packed my schedule is. That's like a general athlete thing. I think that happens is, you know, like when I was, especially like thinking back to like college, high school, like when I was in season, it was much easier for me to structure my time, like my time management. I have more time. It's almost my time management skills go out the window. It's a weird, like oxymoron, but, um, the, the idea of like these other, these other things, these other hobbies or like free time that you can have, which just was a foreign concept to me. It, the same thing kind of happened when the pandemic hit was, and I, this happened on a mass scale, um, or for, for everyone, right? Like everyone was like, do I like, I mean, I, I went through the phase. I was like, do I like, puzzles and the answer is no um we went through a board game phase we did a board game phase where i think megan likes board games but i uh she's not she doesn't listen to this i don't like board games yeah it's okay i i can i I feel like i'm gonna confess live online no i um i did start because i didn't have access to a a site a bike um and i i like will dabble in running every once in a while you you let uh, you came to my ride run recovers like that's right kind of like the so I really picked up running, which was fun. That was, I by the way, the up- most unorganized event I think I've ever experienced in my life. Oh, so unorganized. They would be like, hey, do these. And I was like, hey, fix them. But it was it was like I showed up for the spin class. Great. And then you're like, all right, we're going to run over to Lululemon. And I was like, OK, I have like material and all this other theft. So then everyone was like, oh, well just take my bag with you. So I brought everyone's, I didn't know anyone, but I brought everyone's bag to Lululemon. I could have easily just driven away. That was no reason for me. We just like, every single time I'd be like, a manager from the studio, from Flywheel, has to bring everyone's like stuff to Lululemon. And every day they'd be like, oh, we don't have an extra. I had like a pop-up sign and everything. I was like, well, I'm not going to run with my backpack and everything to, to Lululemon. So, so I, I, and then I get to the, I get to the store and I'm told that I'm going to be on a panel for, uh, I love Lululemon. I, I feel bad giving them shit, but I mean, this was just, this, this, was, just, this was, this was like two, three years ago. We yeah. Can- and this was also two, three years ago. And it was like, yeah. I was like supposed to be, I was supposed to be leading a, I was supposed to be doing like a Q and a session. So I said, what should I have prepared? Oh, don't worry. It's all going to take care. Okay. I get there and there was no one there. There's like, it's just like, and it's just like you staring at me. You're like, all right, Mike, you're up. And I was like, 
so for what who's got back pain and and it was it was a um, debacle of an event for big league but again oh, two to three yeah. years ago we've grown tremendously since we've then grown tremendously yeah um those were those were yeah it's always you look and again like i think everything's a learning experience and that's like kind of within what i'm loving about um kind of working with both spark and then outfit and um more having like a little bit more insight and control over it's like not just being an instructor but being more on the strategy side and like for example like when we would host events like that it's like that's not what would happen is like everyone's more involved and fitness is such a it's a funny space and it's it is casual it is it is chill but it's got so much revenue behind it and it's it a is a serious business model it is it's serious um and there are people who do take it very seriously as they should um it's frustrating when you put a lot of effort into an event or something and then you don't feel it reciprocated on the other side which happens to both of us clearly um and i would feel that too like even from when i'm showing up to my for me it's my part-time job like I have that I have always put probably more effort than I should into. Um, and then a lot of times I have shown up and I'd be like, why am I the most prepared person here? If, yep. if y'all's full-time gig. Um, and like thinking now about like the control, like the people that I'm seeing step up from the pan from the, over the past year are, are people who, they're making sure they are taking fitness seriously. Like it's still fun, but like a lot of those people, they're sick of seeing that within the industry of like, yes, we're obviously going to have freaking fun with it. It's like sweating. It's moving your body. It's, right. It's, but like, but I think cause you, you see like some people, it's just, it's very like casual laid back and like, it doesn't quite cut it. If you sign up for something and pay a certain amount of money and are promised an experience, that needs to be delivered on. 100%. And if you're an instructor or uh, if you're coming in and you, you, you're representing like Begley's going and they've said, Hey, can you come work this event? Or can you come speak at this event? Like you're, you're showing up and your brand's being represented. Your business is being represented. It's super important that it goes off in a way that represents you well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that the event goes off in the way that represents the instructor well. Um, and yeah, yeah I was just like, there, there's definitely a lot of misses within the industry. For sure. I, um, I like though, I love the, the rise of like the COVID entrepreneur. I love, love that. It. Cause I think you're seeing now everyone, at least the ones who are, you know, truly motivated in this thing is like, Hey, at the end of the day, you can't rely on, you know, I mean, you, not everyone, but you can't, you can't rely on your boss. You can't rely on your employer. It's like, well, go out and create it for yourself. You know, do what you mm-hmm. want to do, do what you've, you've always kind of envisioned. And you're seeing more and more people do that, you know, and yeah, it started with the Instagram lives and then the zoom sessions. And now who knows what's where, where it's going to evolve. I mean, I know Gabby and, and you guys are, are doing some pretty uh, cool stuff in like the education world, which seems awesome. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think that whole like development of the, the COVID entrepreneur is like, 
And it doesn't have to be just, you know, like, oh, I took up knitting. So now I, I, I sell scarves, but it's like, you know, just like putting together these, these studios, these ideas, these visions, which I think is uh, super cool. Yeah, it's talking about it's kind of like what was missing in the structure that we were living in before. Um, and then like with Gabby and her team, it's partnering. It's like, okay, cool. From, I mean, from where I'm sitting, it's like internally, we're building a team. What do our instructors need? You know, if we're all, if we're all segmented, we don't get to see each other in a studio space to like give each other that feedback to improve as a team, to then deliver better classes to our clients that keep them coming back. Um, and then, yeah, Gabby's doing this amazing work in the education space. So we're becoming a little bit more targeted, which is not always what you see from a boutique space, which is just more like the, the brands leading it. And I think like less like the vision. Um, I know it's funny. I like talk. I'm like so animated when I talk. And then I remember I'm like, we're on a podcast. We're on a podcast. Um, okay. Then- <laughs> it's, I, I talk a lot with my hands too, as you've noticed. So uh, that's perfectly um, fine. I, it, I can with, feel your energy. It's okay. You can feel, which That's, is important, right? You again, can still it comes feel down it. To just, it's just me and you, Emma, here. No one's going to listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> it's just us, anyway. Um, and then with Outfit, which was interesting, like, when they reached out to me, and it's fun, like, putting together all my experiences from, like, teaching at a bunch of different studios, from helping, like, onboard. I've worked the studio team at, at a couple different studios, too, so I have that, like, background experience. And then also... Um, recruiting and onboarding mm-hmm. um like with outfit again it's the same thing they're like they are physically based but it's outside um and then helping them like what does that structure look like um from from a strategy side so it's a lot more i'm getting to like put on my consulting hat um you know in a, in addition to my instructor hat um which is fun for me from from a like business perspective Right. Um, I'm going to flex those muscles a little more because it's like everything over the past five, six years that I've seen in the industry um, that I'm like, ah, it would be, can we try doing it this way? And I, it's like, I don't know if I'm right, if I'm wrong, um, but I know that I've been in situations or in rooms where I'm like, I just wish this class was running differently. Yeah. And there's not something that I That's can how it starts. That's structure. how it starts. Yeah. Have you ever read uh, The E-Myth? I talk about it all the time. Um, the e-myth is a great book where it talks about like the myth of the entrepreneur that like you're, cause I think the myth is like, you're, you're born as an entrepreneur, not like a skill that you can develop. And the whole idea of the book is like to show that like your, you know, it, it is a skill that can be developed. And so he talks about like the transition of the entrepreneur from like operator as in when you're just like, you're an instructor and you are just, you have like, you know, you are, you know, teaching your classes, you're going along. And then after a while, you kind of like, Hey, like I teach really good classes or these classes suck and I can do better. And then you like open up your own space and then you realize like, Oh wait, I'm just an operator. And then you have to develop all these other like business skills. And I think like, is, you know, kind of like, you're kind of like starting to move into like the manager because like next role is the manager phase. And that's kind of like where you're at now, where it's like, you're starting to like put those ideas you've had in your head into like actual use now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Which is fun, right? Career progression. We love that. Like, career progression we love <laughs> we love to see it we love to see it so yeah that's where we're at um all right so we're getting down to the end here i got a uh, a few more questions here for you uh what's the uh what's the first episode of relationship going to be about oh spicy um so first episode of relationship and kind of the the whole theme of relationship is um just about how 
your everything like changes over time, right? And how do you, what relationships to maintain, um, how you can maintain relationships through change and, Mm -hmm. um, and still remain yourself. And the like impetus of it is generally my co-host Bo, Bo Cown is, um, he's also a DC fitness instructor. Um, we, uh, started out as boyfriend and girlfriend and we are no longer. Um, and just our first episode is just kind of about our journey of meeting and like dating, living together. And then we broke up in January of 2020, like the pandemic hit. We oh. immediately like went into being really good friends or, but um, kind of just chat through that um, in our first episode. Interesting. So, okay. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, that's the it's tea. Some, that's the tea. So you get to, you get to hear like the inner workings of, of a breakup through friendship. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say about like relationships over time. Cause there's one thing I like think about a lot. It's like after the age of 25, you just kind of lose friends. Yeah. And it's not even just a lot of it is friends. Like we've interviewed, um, you know, we interviewed two um, of my good girlfriends who have been friends since like mommy and me classes um, and then re- maintained a relationship through, you know, into their late twenties. It's like, how did the heck did you do that? Um, but we, it's also just in general, like we would say like our relationship with, you know, we'll have you on and talk about your relationship with, with fitness or with, um, you know, how you got to where you are and, and how that's, you know, how your career has impacted your relationships with your family and friends and, and kind of, um, or we interviewed a woman who's, um, a member of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and how like having a career like that. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, Love because, me some TSO. Love yeah. me some TSO. Yeah, so um, we're kind of just going all over the map. It's not always about your interpersonal relationships. Um, it interviewed, um, you know, a woman who's had a serious eating disorder and her and how she's like fully in recovery now, but how like that had a big uh, impact on her relationships, uh, especially when she's in the middle of it and how, um, you know, she functions now. Uh, and how that like growth and change is just like always going to be a constant for us. And a lot of times people freak out when they're confronted with growth, growth and change, but it's, they only constant. Um, always. So yeah, we're really excited um, and it's fun and um, it, it's going to be good. Uh, so it's going to be good. Out. I like it. April All right. 5th. That's when we drop April 5th. So when this episode comes out, it will already be out. Mm-hmm. there you go so go download it once you finish listening to this episode go download it go download it um what uh what are you reading right now what am i reading right now oh good cute okay so i was i'm reading queenie um it's queenie. just like a novel and then oh wait i'm gonna get the title of this wrong and i'm on a computer so i can look this up but it's um the pandemic uh because there's so many pandemic books out there. Um, I am reading The Great Influenza by John Barry as well. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm because I just like your actual so pandemic books. I understand now. Actual pandemic books. Actual pandemic books. I'm bit so I did go to school for public health. Um, I have my um, MPH, and um, you know, I was a. I knew a, I knew the definition of public health before it became trendy. Like I knew what epidemiology was before this past year in before all the posers 
before all the posers, right? We're science people, like we know what's up. And uh, I, I just was, I was missing. I was like, we just have a refresher of 1918 and how fun it was. Um, and at least we're not hemorrhaging. So we got that going on. We got that going for us, which is nice. Um, what are you watching on TV these days? <sighs> I'm not watching anything right now. Um, I've been in, I've been bad about TV. Um, my most recent that I really enjoyed. Um, uh, crap, now I'm blanking. I really did like the Queen's Gambit. I watched that with my aunt and my cousin. Um, and then I'm always constantly rewatching New Girl. So <laughs> there you go. Transparent. Yeah. Yes, New Girl. I mean, New Girl is great. That's that's. That's not quite always in the rotation, but like like the office, the office is always in uh, rotation. Right, it's like for, office, for like Parks and Rec. It's kind of like all those. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Um, Hoops on uh, on Netflix. Have you uh, heard of Hoops on Netflix? I it's on my list. You, so it's because it's got um, it's got all the guys from New Girl in it, and it's just this kind of absurd like cartoon uh tv show that is uh hilarious uh i didn't so, realize that they were all in it so yeah like all the guys are are in it i think all the guys are in it or at least um nick and schmidt are both in it yeah so i love um into the spider verse for many reasons but especially because jake johnson who plays nick is yes. the main character yeah he's the main character so uh, I yeah. recommend hoops. Um, but, cool. uh, but yeah, so now you've lived in DC for how many years? I mean, you went to undergrad here. So how, how was it? Yeah. Eight, eight? So yeah. Eight ish, eight or nine. I'm basically like, I feel like it gets to a point for transplants where you're like, I can call myself a native. Um, are you, are, do you have a DC driver's license? No, no, no I didn't. Oh my God. I like how you no. didn't even Oh my God. No wow um that's, that's i don't simple. i actually so this is the one thing that's I, gonna be a I, new because, question i ask people now that yeah you should if they live like do you live in the dmv do you have a dc shame. drive where do you vote where do you vote um no i didn't i'm i'm still ma um and well, i it's actually i this <laughs> it's time to switch well no so i actually i i stepped up i've been crashing on my um in massachusetts since december and i right now um the word to describe me at the moment is vagabond or homeless. I don't really know like whichever one you want to go with. So we are, we're between, between okay. city. Okay. What's yeah. the, what's the long-term plan? We do not have one. We okay. will decide my, my job is fully remote. So East coast somewhere. I, I am here like every, it's basically, I'm going back and forth between Boston. Okay. Fair enough. Um, or Boston okay. rather in DC. All right. So you've, well, you've, been in DC for the most part for the last eight years. Uh, what's what's one experience that you think everybody needs to have here in DC? Oh my goodness! Um, Deep, I know. Wow, like do I throw it back to college? Um, I'm a big Admo girl. I've always lived in Admo um, since undergrad. So like, I feel it would be probably something around 18th Street. Um, it's not going to be get a tattoo at Tattoo Paradise, but like it could be, um, whatever floats your boat. Walking down 18th uh, street on a, uh, on a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, Like walking down 18th street on a Saturday. I mean, there's the, quint I really like, 
I just actually did the cherry blossoms this week at like 6am with some of my friends and that stuff like as like it doesn't get old um but there's one like the best part about DC is you have these constants that are always there great you have like the monuments you can go down to the you can't talk about the mall no 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 no. the mall the mall I'm not doing that I'm not doing that no 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 that's not what I'm saying okay but then you it the city is constantly reinventing itself and I love finding like these new places yeah um but for me it's definitely like finding finding your own niche and and like your little neighborhood and I like so if I like tell anyone you gotta go like you're coming to DC, I always say like, go to 18th street, go to Admo, walk down it on a Friday night. And especially even now, like post pandemic where there's all like the tables out, I think it's even more fun. Streeteries. Yes. I love the streeteries because people like decorate them and like make them look nice. Yeah. I like that. Fair enough. What's your, uh, what's your favorite burger in DC? Um, I, again, um, so lucky buns, uh-huh. lucky buns and I do the dirty bird. So it's actually not technically a burger. It's fried chicken. Um, and I would say that for, yeah, I get the fries with that too. It's you become a thing that just keep asking people on the show now that I'm just accumulating favorite burger recommendations. But have you gotten any ones that like surprised you? Uh, yes. Garden District on 14th Street. Garden I, District is really good, actually. I like I their, just haven't had it. Yeah. I like their burger and I like their fried chicken sandwich. I would do both of those. But I also like how many beers have I had when I've like, but by the time I've consumed their food, so they do have good food. I okay, <laughs> yeah, I just I just didn't know. So uh, no, they do. So um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, try theirs out and and actually review it because I think I feel like I have to like, especially with like books and then now with burger recommendations <laughs> is like I have to like put out like a guide where it's like big leagues best burgers in DC. Big best burgers and books. I think that would be like an extremely good guide. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Well, Emma, if uh, if people want to take your your classes, uh, if they want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? So you can find me um, on Instagram at Emma underscore Gaquin, G-A-Q-U-I-N. And then um, you can take my classes, um, look up sparkbygabby.com. They're all there. Um, I teach... Tuesdays and Thursdays and Wednesdays. Um, and then outfit, I'm, I'm a pop-upper. So just be on the lookout. Um, be on yeah. the lookout. Exclusive. Emma Exclusive. Yeah. We'll okay. Do we have anything on the horizon now or, or no? Not right now. Okay. Are they, right that's now. all outdoor classes, right? All outdoor. There's a tent. You got one in Dumbarton. There's one in West End. Um, and they're going to start to open up park classes as well. So check it out if you miss outdoors. If they're in the tent, they're masked. Um, they host all types of classes. A lot of your favorite DC instructors are there. So people who you used to take classes with in studios, have been recruiting them. So they're there. All right. Boom. Emma, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we'll definitely be talking soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.